Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. Welcome back to St. Louis. Oh, oh my God. I, I literally got home and like we, we emptied out the, the van. I took it back across the street. Came back, plugged all the internet and TV and everything back in, and sat down and watched this movie, and like just finished like 15 minutes ago, and like had to come set my computer back up. So I, my day has been nothing but uh, long drive and trauma. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so <laughs> I so in watching this movie, I I had forgotten. Um, I, I had forgotten like the, the ending of this movie. Like I remembered, I remembered the premise of like how it ended and like what the overarching story was, but I forgot like how, how like gut wrenching the entire ending of this movie was. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like this was like, like if you've never seen bridge to Terabithia, like bridge to Terabithia, mm -hmm, like you go mm -hmm. in it and you're like, Oh, this is a cute little kids movie. I'm going to go in and watch this. And then, you know, at, at, towards the end of the movie, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. oh my God. Like, it's just, why would you do, uh, why would you do that to me? That's like my girl. Well, you, like, bef well before I could even sit down and watch it, you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot about this ending. And I'm like, oh God, this really is going to be like a, like a bridge to Terabithia was yeah. my first thought. Like, 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 oh God, what am I, what am I, what am I in for? Um, well, well, you were in for it. Let well, me tell you, I was in yeah. for it. <laughs> hey, so side story. Um, I, you know, we uh, just before you left, I think it was what Friday. Um, we we went out and mm -hmm, we had mm -hmm. coffee at a uh, at a nice little place, uh, uh, downtown yeah. uh, Salt City Market. Yeah. So mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I the other or uh, today actually. You know, I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, I wish, you know, I was like, I should like go out, maybe go out and get something. I was like, nah, just, you know, I don't want to spend money or anything like that. And I was like, but do you know where I really want to go? Salt City Market. And I want to check out their freaking food. And it made me think of like how cool it would be if places like that were everywhere. And then I remembered that like yeah. they are just in like 
for real cities, just not in the city that <laughs> that I'm in. You know, I live very, I would say, rural upstate. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, in the Syracuse area. Let's say Syracuse, New York area, and we're not exactly a small mm-hmm. city. I mean, we're, you know, we're very well known. We have, we have a, a top college. We have, you know, a top college basketball team. Um, you know, very uh, nationally acclaimed uh, hospital, um, and host- and teaching mm-hmm. hospital at that. But like, our city still isn't. It's still like 35 years behind. It's it's the kind of place that can't get out totally. of its own way. Like every time every time I've started to see some progress happening there and got and gotten excited, like somebody votes it down or somebody underfunds it or like people just like, nah, I don't want to do that. Where am I gonna park? Nah. And you know what? Fuck your parking. I said yeah. it. Uh, well, so that's so that's <laughs> the annoying thing too, is like the other annoying thing is like there's always these really great like progressive ideas pitched for this area, but like people forget mm-hmm. that this is very much Trump country. Like this is this is like a very conservative area. Yeah. Like there are Trump flags everywhere, and yeah, people always it's you true. know like the like we have so there's this long running thing about like redlining and stuff like that, and and um, the uh, uh, 81, which is a state highway that literally was built to cut the city in half. And we we literally built yeah. projects on the other side of 81, and then all of the good stuff on the other side, and we're like here. Here's this giant line highway. You can't get by it. And uh, you now live over there, but we're going to build all the cool stuff on this side. Okay, bye. And, like, there's a very big thing to tear it, down right now or to, you know, re- redistrict it. Yeah. Well, it, it literally destroyed mostly black totally. neighborhoods. Uh, and that's that's a thing that's happened in cities all over the, the country. Like, it, this... Um, like they 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 would call it urban renewal, or they would call you know like these progressive highway projects, like anything, like any of these projects. Uh, if you look at where they were done and how they were done, it like aggressively attacked and dismantled uh, thriving like black oh, neighborhoods primarily, totally. and like it's super fucked. Uh, so I I would love to see the highway. So come I down. I mean I think it's happening. It's it's got a lot of uh, support from a lot of big people, and I'm pretty sure that it's it's mostly been approved. I, I haven't been keeping up on where the legislation's at at this point. Like I already put my two cents, and I did I did my due diligence and did what I could do to back the project. But at this point, it's it's mm-hmm. out of the regular people's hands. You know, outside of just constantly uh, calling government and being like, "Hi, fucking do this," because you know. Yeah, well, and there are uh, a number of uh, like proven, uh, like proof of concept that like tearing down those highways makes a huge nope. difference. Uh, I think about like the uh, the Embarcadero and um, Octavia Boulevard in San Francisco were both raised freeways uh, that were torn down largely because they were coming down on their own because you know sure. earthquakes. Um, but those are, you know, two very cool, very thriving, walkable, and like very tourist-friendly areas, and it's it's really cool. And then uh, on the other side of the bay in Oakland, uh, one of those re- was removed, and of course, there hasn't been as much investment in Oakland, but it still is is much more uh, easily traversed by humans outside of steel boxes. Yeah, I'm getting, 
I think I'm getting a little too much of my own voice and it's really it's weird. Really, you're like, wait, I don't I don't yeah. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear <laughs> me so well. I don't want to hear you so yeah, that happens. I, I mean in all fairness, it could also just be uh your inner monologue is happens to be talking at the exact same time that you're talking, and so you're just hearing yeah. it doubled in your head and you know, that's the only logical I have way. a very robust, very robust inner monologue. <laughs> so I have a question um, about inner monologue. Go. Does your inner monologue talk exactly as you talk out loud, or is it different? Yeah. Oh yeah, we 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 talk to each other all the time in uh, the exact same tone of voice. Really? See, I yeah. mine is always like I, this is probably like I promise I don't have schizophrenia, but mine is always like a character. Like sometimes it'll speak in huh. a British accent. Sometimes it'll speak in a Southern. It just depends on like what it is I'm thinking about and how I'm narrating it to myself. It'll have like a different tone of voice and personality. Um, I don't. I think that's more of just like quirkiness, you know, just for like I was a weird kid and I talked to myself a lot and I did <laughs> it in accents to make it seem like real people were talking to me. So like I'm I'm sure it has to do with layover of that. My inner monologue just evolved to be characters instead. But it is not like a split situation. This is not I don't have DID or, or schizophrenia or anything like that. That I know of. I don't um, know. Crazy people don't know they're crazy. Who knows? Yeah, I mean yeah. it's true. Um I but just to preference, oh, schizophrenia and DID does not mean you're crazy. It's just it's an affliction. No. I just wanted to using a term. No. Uh Mine, mine is how I think I sound, and I, I emphasize that because, uh, like, I mean, I already had a sense of what my voice sounded like from previous sure. recordings, but, you know, three plus years of podcasting has taught me exactly what my voice sounds like, and it's not right. what I think. And that's, you know, I've come to terms with that. It's fine. But my inner monologue still sounds exactly like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with podcasting and, and, and just recording your voice in general for whatever it is, is like... You, you have an idea and you're like, yeah, my voice, I hear it all the time. And then you're like, but you know, I'm going to hear this recording. Then you hear the recording and you're like, oh God, shut up. Like you just instantly <sighs> you're like, oh, stop talking. <laughs> I think we've actually talked about this on like one of our early, early yeah. episodes when we were still both getting used to the, the sound of our own voices. But uh, it is actually like, it's there, there's science behind the way your voice resonates inside your yeah. head and like the way that it reaches your ears essentially um, by the way that like it's, it's vibrating internally. And I think it's, it typically tends to be like a lower uh, register than what's actually resonating outside in the air uh, that would be picked up by the microphone, which is why I think my voice is uh, several steps lower than it actually is and significantly less nasally. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I, I am with you on that one. I commiserate on that one because I have, a, I have a high voice as is. So like, even then I hear recording it and I'm like, who let this 12 year old boy like record a podcast? Like, why would they do this to this young kid? This is, this is torture and make him watch these, these very inappropriate movies. <laughs> yeah. They, we yeah be except for this movie. Uh, and that being said, hello and welcome to the Neverhood of a podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And I kill giants. Yes. Yes. So, yes. so, uh, so we're <laughs> going to talk about this movie, I Kill Giants. Uh, I'm going to pull up the IMDb because I do want to mention a few things uh, about it that this brings up. So, uh, 
I Kill Giants is another one of those movies kind of like Colossal where you go into it thinking like, it's probably about this. And I think mm-hmm. this is where it's going to go. And then it, it either goes exactly the way you think it goes or it goes in the exact opposite direction. So when I ver- the very first time I watched this movie, I all I saw was like, I Kill Giants. I saw the poster and then I saw it was based on a graphic novel. And I was like, dope so this is probably about a cool young girl who who attacks giants like right that that's what you would that's the the two plus two you would put together for this and you wouldn't Mm -hmm. be wrong per se right like you're not wrong but it's not what Mm. you think when she says i kill giants there's a larger meaning to it so yeah, and obviously we'll we'll get into the ins and outs of the, the film, but like I went into it knowing that it was at least somewhat mm. allegorical, but I was definitely expecting there to be some more literal giant yeah. killing uh, in this than than we actually see. And I get oh, spoiler, yeah. If you if you're just joining us for the first time, we spoil shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I can just imagine someone being like, I'm going to start at episode 177. What could go wrong? And then 10 minutes in being like, you asshole. What? <laughs> you have ruined this movie for <laughs> Forever. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's not a commentary yet on the movie itself. That's more just uh, my expectations versus reality. Yeah. Um, we can. We could do that's a meme format, right? Expectations, can, like, reality. expectations yeah. versus reality. Expectations is the the cover, and reality is it rains a yeah, lot. It does rain. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> so, so this movie stars uh, or follows Barbara Thorson um, as she uh, basically we learn that she is kind of a, a loner. She's the loner weirdo kid, you know, who's you know drawing pictures all the time and. You know, uh, this this is the kid that, like, has knives in the woods, you know, and not because she's doing, you know, like, weird uh, sadistic shit. It's because she's she's just very in, engrossed in her fantasy uh, of this fantasy of the fact that she kills uh, giants. And she ends up meeting mm-hmm. Sophia, um, who is played by Sydney Wade, and uh, Barbara is played by uh, Madison Wolf. Uh, Madison Wolf has been in a few things. She was in uh, The Conjuring 2. Um, she was in, uh, trafficked. She was in uh, a show called zoo on CBS. Uh, what else? Um, oh, she was in Keanu, which stars, uh, Key and Peele. Um, what else? Yeah. Oh, she was right. in the screen like, series. Keanu. Keanu you know, like, she was in Keanu. How does that, uh, she was in uh, true detective, um, for, for at least an episode, uh, and that. So, I mean, she's, you know, she's young. She's, um, yeah, I mean, she's 19, uh, right 19, now. Yeah. Um, and when she made this movie, she was about 15, 14, um, yeah, give or take. So, uh, but, and, and then Sydney Wade, uh, plays Sophia. Uh, she's a young girl. She's been in a few other things. Um, I'm going to, uh, just by looking at this, it's mostly appears to be, uh, British things. She is in fact British. Uh, and in fact, this movie was actually filmed in England, uh, or Ireland, uh, it's filmed somewhere in the UK, but it was meant to be, uh, East, East Coast, Long, Long Island. Island. Yeah. The East coast. I knew it was like yeah. Jersey, Long Island, that, that like section of, of people. Um, 
But yeah, but uh, here, here's another crazy big one, uh, two, two big ones. Zoe Saldana's in this movie, um, who, uh, yeah. uh, for Marvel fans, she is, um, uh, that is Gamora um, in that. And also Imogen Poops, uh, Poots, Poops, Imogen Poops. I mean, she does, but it's Imogen Poots uh, who was in this uh, movie as well. Filmed in Belgium. Oh, filmed in Belgium. Oh, yeah. I thought it was the UK yeah. uh, because they said something about a thing, but I think you're right because they, they pointed out a thing that's like Germany. There's like a background you see it in the background looks, like Germany. Yeah. I mean, it looks a lot like it could be the yeah. UK. but Which <laughs> is weird to me. Like, it, it has to be because of, uh, you know, maybe the director. Um, uh, the director was born in Denmark, uh, Anders Walter. Um, you know, but like... It seems like they probably spent a lot of money getting all of those actors to Belgium to make it look like America, and they could have filmed it in America, but I guess it's it's probably not an American film, so that's probably why. Again, director. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, what, Zoe Saldana's uh, English, Imogen's English, Sophia's English, Um. So, I mean, like, they probably didn't have to send too many people over, I would assume. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. so so Barbara Thorson, uh, you know, we learned that she is, uh, she's kind of the weird kid in school. Um, you know, we see her wandering around. And, and at the start of the movie, it does have that feel, uh, like, Bridge to Terabithia is a great parallel to this film. It's a great, like, hey, it's a lot like, because you, it's, it's uh, the only thing about uh, the difference I would say between Bridge to Terabithia and this film is that in Bridge to Terabithia, it's very apparent that it's not real. In this movie, you kind of you do spend a bit of the movie unsure whether it's it is really real or if it's like you know, a, as you mentioned, allegorical or figurative or whatever. And it, yeah. it kind of toes the line for a lot of the movie. I mean, there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, well, obviously it's that. And then a couple of things will happen. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's both. Hmm. I'm not really sure. And I mean, they, they definitely give you some room to imagine still that like some of this is, is literally happening to her just in a way that only she can see. Um but also, if you choose to, you can interpret it, interpret it as like fully allegorical and fully something that she has made up as a, uh, uh, as we'll learn, as a coping mechanism. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is uh, so. So we see right off the bat, it looks like uh, um, uh, Barbara uh, lives with her uh, sister and brother, her sister Karen, and her brother uh, Dave. Dave. Um, yes. and it looks, we, we get the impression right off the bat, Karen is making dinner. Uh, Barbara is sitting at the table being like, Hey guys, we could totally be playing D and D. And Dave is sitting, mm -hmm. you know, in the living room playing a video game with his friends. And she's like, huh? Uh, and you know, her mm -hmm. sister is like, I I'm trying to make dinner while she's like also, you know, on the phone with friends or people like that. And the brother's being annoying. And so finally she, she flips out, she unplugs the TV, uh, from her brother who was like, what are you doing, you freaking weirdo? And she was like, I rolled a, a D20 and it was a saving throw and you lost. <laughs> that was, was amazing. <laughs> I, I rolled uh, to see if you would survive a, uh, a blackout situation. And you didn't. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> and of course, you know, he gets all mad. 
he goes to leave, you know, the sister puts down the food and she's like, Hey, no, we're eating this. And he knocks it off the table and is like, this is garbage. I'm going upstairs. And he is a a dick. dick. He is a dick the whole movie. And you know, so we're estimating ages here. So we're going to say Karen's what? 18, maybe. If I, I would guess she's probably like, Early, early twenties. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Cause she's, she's, uh, working full time, but like in like the financial world and seems to be like established enough to be, uh, doing okay, but not enough to be like balling. Right. And, and it's apparent that she's that school, she's past an age of, of high school school and enough where she's had experience in the workplace. Yeah. So I, yeah, uh, maybe like 2021. Uh, or anywhere between 20 to 23. And then Dave is probably, what, 16, 17? I'm going to guess about yeah, that. Yeah, probably about And that. then he, we're going to pin her at he about looks like 14. he's high school. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah, so, so Barbara is the youngest of the three. And it's right off the bat, it's very apparent that there are uh, there are no parents. And uh, it's mm-hmm. apparent there's no parents. Hi. It's it's not apparent. <laughs> oh, finger guns! Uh, you're welcome, YouTube, to see Caleb's fantastic finger guns. Um, <laughs> we, p- I gotta give him something. I look haggard as shit. So you so look, you look, you look fine. You're doing great. <laughs> you're doing great, sweetie. Keep going. I'm in, I'm in my sweatpants. I'm just chilling. I mean, same. I don't think. I think like. You, when I saw you those two days and like one other time were the only times I've worn not sweatpants this calendar year. <laughs> and that's, I mean, why? Why would I? I mean, it's yeah. it's May. I mean, I fucking sit here every day <laughs> doing stuff. So like, what the fuck do I need to put pants on for? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, we get the idea that it's Karen kind of doing it on her own. But we don't really know why. Is it parents work all the time? Is it single parent, mom, dad type deal? Are parents dead? Like we we don't really know yeah. what it is right off the bat. Um, I just I just assumed it was going to be one of those things where we learned out like oh big tragedy, both parents right. dead, and like the older like oldest sibling has now had to to shoulder all the responsibility, and they're trying to keep the family together. You know, which blah, blah, blah. is somewhat true. Uh, in a way. So it is, it is sort of, uh, how that works out. We don't actually, again, spoilers, we don't actually ever learn what happens to dad. No. Yeah. They legit never mentioned dad in any way, shape or form. So our assumption is no. dad was like, Hey baby, you want three kids? All right. Peace motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then just bounced, uh, just, just, just like dissolves into the ether. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh yeah we we legit just don't yeah there is no mention of dad whatsoever only mom uh and so we'll talk about mom in a little bit but spoiler uh mom is a, is a person um so so barbara's off doing her her things and uh sophia shows up and uh, i'll be honest again i thought sophia wasn't real from the start really? i thought she was gonna kind of be mm. like npc in her mind type character uh but then i i started to understand sophia's role a lot better like what what her job was uh for the plot and like for character development and then i was like oh no she okay so she's a real person 
But yeah, I for a minute I thought that she wasn't going to be real. I mean, I, I guess I'm half. I don't have to guess. I, I like I can see that that's a, a reasonable assumption. My my brain didn't go there at all. I just immediately assumed like, oh, new kid in town, and through like meeting and getting to know this new kid, that's how we're going to get the exposition of Barbara's yeah, story. Which, She's got to tell it to someone. Which we do, but we don't. So that that character that that role of the how do I get the exposition is actually split between two people. Um, and normally mm-hmm. I would find this annoying. But I actually think it was kind of clever in this way um, is uh, because we get Sophia, the friend who starts to get the baseline of like she starts to see the fantasy aspect of Barbara and Barbara starts sharing like, hey, I kill giants. Here's these traps I put up. This is why I have to do this. And then we meet Mrs. Malay, uh, who is played by Zoe Mm -hmm. Saldana, who is a, a brand new school psychologist. And we start to see, so we see Sophia learn about Barbara from a child's perspective, and we see Mrs. Molay come in and kind of be like, yeah, sure, you kill giants, but like, wink, wink, you kill giants. I gotcha. Why don't you tell me more? Mm. Why are you afraid of giants? What does that mean? You know, like doing the good psychologist yeah. thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had some, and Zoe Saldana plays this character very well, but I had some issues with the way the character was written, uh, largely in the fact of like you know, regardless if this kid is like in your mind very clearly making things up and like you know inventing a world to not have to cope with the real one, uh, she, she gaslights Barbara hard. She does a little bit, and yeah. There's. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll we'll jump ahead a moment, but like it's relevant to this. There's a moment where like she's trying to to draw information out of Barbara using like a word association game, and she reaches out and grabs her hands, and Barbara's like, "You're holding my hand, like basically like and like why are you right. touching me?" And she's like, "No, it's okay. I'm your friend." And she's like, mm, and like the, the doctor's not picking up the signs at all. Not a very good. Uh, psychologist, in, in my opinion, not picking up any cues whatsoever and just like keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And Barbara just fucking smacks her. And you know what? She so, fucking deserved it. So the, the other thing about that too is Barbara lays out <laughs> her her boundaries really very apparent. Like the very first thing that she mm-hmm. does is, um, you know, uh, uh, is always like, oh, what's, what's Kovaleski? And she was like, that's strike one, and then leaves. So like, so like the first thing is like Barbara's laid out the bar the the boundary of like, hi, you can't ask, like, you're not trying to get to know me, like you're pushing too hard, like you're prying too much into two things that are obviously very personal too fast. And and mm-hmm. and uh, Mrs. Malay even says, like, sorry, I know I I come on too strong and I push people too far. And Barbara basically says, like, I don't like that. Don't do that. So like Barbara's mm-hmm. Barbara's very clear about about the consent. You know, in this part where she's grabbing her hands, she's like, "You're touching me. I really don't like this." And she's like, "No, no, no." So like Barbara laid out that that boundary of like, "Don't mm-hmm. do this. I don't like this." And Mrs. Malay, you know, keeps doing it and and gets you know fucking slapped for it. Well, and strike two was asking about family. Right. Yep. Uh, and so she's like, you don't ask me about, uh, she carries a little, like, well, basically like a, a purse that she's decorated and whatnot. And she uh, refers to it as Kovaleski. 
Uh, so asking about that was strike one. Asking about family was strike two. And fucking touching her without permission was strike fucking three. Slap across yeah, the face. Bitch. Right. And, you know, the other thing that I thought was really annoying, too, which I felt like it was, it was, this is more of a character flaw, not so much a writing flaw, is it's obvious that we live in a very mod, like this isn't set in the 90s or the 80s or something. Like this is very much set now-ish. Um, mm-hmm. And the Kovaleski thing happens right off the bat. Like she didn't Google that. Like, she didn't just go home and be like, what's Kovaleski? Just to see what would happen and then instantly know. I mean, she does eventually figure it out um, because when she does the word association thing, she puts a baseball in front of her and she says, we're going to do word association, this, this, this. Baseball, because she now has figured out the... Well, she learns that from being a creepy stalker and watching Barbara during an interaction in gym class where... um, the gym teacher sees it or hears an answer. Uh, Sophia like says like, it, which is like Sophia's uh, accidentally. Yeah, yeah she's like, Kowaleski, that's a deep cut right. there. That would, like, Kowaleski hasn't played in over 100 years. You got Philly fans in your family? And like, Barbara was already trying to like get herself excused from gym class. Uh, and she, you know, she was trying to do it like politely and with like jokes and sarcasm. She's like, oh, I, my, my head hurts or I sprained my ankle or something. One yeah. of those, I'm sure, uh, which yeah. I thought was great. Hilarious. Uh, but as soon as um, the, the gym teacher starts prying, she's like, do you find your job pointless or just completely worthless? Yeah. And she was just like, oh. <laughs> it's like the real dig. It's like principal's <laughs> office now. And like. Like that's the the way that people react to the this girl. Like she's like she's obviously hurt. She's obviously like like coping with something, and their reactions are to like lash out at her and like to like be like take punitive measures or to like bully her. Like, like, like oh, it's it, harsh. It, it is wild because she does put out a lot of signs of of trauma. Um, in the sense of mm-hmm. of her emotional responses when anyone attempts to get personal, because often you'll find with kids who are uh, who are very engrossed in a in a fantasy world, it goes one of two ways. One, they're just overly engrossed in the fantasy world because it, it's exciting to them and it's not it's not based in a trauma or anything like that. They're just they're just really obsessed with the fantasy world and it doesn't it's not covering for anything they're just that's just what they're really really into but they're having trouble dissociating between fantasy and reality and then you have the barbara side of it who is Mm -hmm. obviously very engrossed in this fantasy world obviously you know has this entire uh world built up around her um and then the second you you basically say like hey that's not real let's talk about something that is that is obviously bothering you she's like I'm going to lash out in the worst way possible. And people are like, I just don't mm-hmm. know what it is with that kid. <laughs> like, She's fucking telling you, man. Like she has laid out the groundwork for you and you're not even paying yeah. attention. Like I-, I only took two years of psychology and I picked this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the moment when she's like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I mean, I tend to be mean to dumb people and most people yeah, are dumb. Which is great. Which is great. <laughs> yeah. That's, I love that. That's pretty fantastic. And like the the way that that Barbara speaks is great. Like she has this like, it's it's a little bit like nerd pretentious, but also like just like a very mature uh, attitude. And like that she takes and twists in a very mature, uh, immature yeah. way. Uh, so like you know, the 
uh, the the bully tries to like like she's like, oh, this is my table. You owe me a toll, and like hands out and, like holds out her hand, and Barbara spits in it. And the bully's like, do you think it's funny to spit on people? Not ha-ha funny, but existentially, yes. <laughs> Which is just great. She was like, what is this? She was like, sorry, that's all I had. Like, it's just... Keep, keep the, the change. change. Just fantastic. Like, she will either be a fantastic stand-up comedian uh, or an amazingly witty, like, Douglas Adams-style writer. Like, that. that is Barbara's mm-hmm. future. Um, I could see Douglas Adams-style writer because she's already got the fantasy world, uh, like, built yeah. up in it. So I, I bet you she, she's probably going to be very successful. Um, yeah, so, so Sophia and Barbara become friends. Sophia's kind of going along with it because they're kids and it's fun to, to play pretend because Sophia doesn't understand that, that this is masking for something. You know, she just sees Barbara Mm -hmm. as like this very creative, imaginative friend and she doesn't really have friends and, you know, Barbara's fun. She, she shows her around cool places. It's like, you're, you're the only kid I know in like all of America. (laughs) Like, yeah, exactly. That's. So, like, you know, Sophia's going along with it because, again, Barbara's fun. But we start to see that Sophia is starting to put together that what Barbara's doing is is not only is not only becoming a little too serious, like she's taking it too serious, but also it's starting to become unsafe. And Sophia is starting to recognize mm-hmm. this. She's starting to see that it's getting Barbara, you know, being uh, targeted by the school, by the school bully Taylor, this, you know, the girl who, who she spit on earlier, you know, she's starting to see mm-hmm. that she's pushing away even Sophia and doing things that are above and beyond what Sophia's like, ah, this seems not safe. Um, and at the same time, mm-hmm. we have Mrs. Malay, who is, you know, obviously uh, bringing Barbara in because she's seeing that stuff is not going well. And back at home, Karen is far too busy trying to take care of everything that she is just oblivious to the fact that that Barbara is is struggling as much as she is. I mean, I'm sure she knows as we learn later on, like, I'm sure she knows, but not in the yeah. way that we think. Um so before we get too deep into that, yeah, go ahead. You have a thing first? No, cool. Then no. let's not. Uh, before we go too deep into that, let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break and hear from uh, some other podcasts on the Night Shift Media, uh, the Night Shift Radio Podcast Network. And uh, and yeah, so so that being said, of course, if you are watching us on YouTube, sorry there was no video that last week. We uh, recorded one with the two of us here in the same room, but like audio things and being in the same room it just didn't work out well and we couldn't get the audio to sound great so sorry uh but this week here you go back to normal uh and in the event that we do uh, record again uh together um i now know what to fix uh and then you know if it happens to be i'm over at uh caleb's place well then uh, we'll figure that out then too uh, but we'll figure it out. It'll yeah. be easy. Um, but other than that, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review. We would super appreciate it. And of course, if you're listening on any other podcast uh, platform, you know, don't forget to hit follow uh, or subscribe or whatever yeah. it is that your podcast does. Um, but uh, Caleb, where could they go if they wanted to like request a movie for us to watch? Oh, what I a great so. question. Uh, you you could find yourself over on thenahoit.com. That's T-H-E-N-H-O-I-T.com. Uh, where, of course, every month we have our schedule of upcoming episodes with 
links to trailers as well as where you can find these movies streaming if available, uh, which as we've mentioned a couple times so far this month, every movie we're, uh, we're watching this month, uh, as of the, the selection was available streaming on Hulu. So as far as we know, that's still the yeah. case. So, uh, but just below that mm-hmm. is our contact form where you can, uh, you can fill that out. You can reach out to us and let us know movies that you want to hear us talk about. And, uh, yeah, we'll I, you know what? I would love to do an entire June of uh, listener requests. So uh, start requesting some movies. There's a lot of movies out there we would Get love to in. watch that we haven't. Um, you know the format, movies you think people have never heard of. Um, let's do it. Uh, and other than that, yeah. of course, if you want more information, you know, you can always sign up for the Night Shift Radio newsletter, um, which is a weekly newsletter kind of recapping all the things in the Night Shift uh, media group. You can do that by clicking down below in our show notes or on uh, in the description in YouTube. And then, of course, just visiting nightshiftradio.com uh, is also a fantastic place. So let's go to break and we will be right back. Looking for something heroic in your life? Go check out our friends at the Superpod HeroCast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in depth with a different superhero movie. A classic of modern cinema? A certified stinker? It doesn't matter. If it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. Start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod Hero Cast. It doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, Grab a beverage and enjoy the fun. The Superpod HeroCast. Be heroic. Second Edition 1 is Night Shift Radio's Battlestar Galactica fancast. Each week, Battlestar veterans Caleb and Kitsy revisit, and newcomer to the show Andrea watches for the first time the 2004 sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. They've just entered their third season, which means you've got two full seasons of sci-fi gold to binge if you want to watch along with them. Whether you're the commander of a soon-to-be decommissioned battleship or recently promoted to president of the 12 colonies. Join Caleb, Kitsy, and Andrea as they make their way through the Battlestar Galactica universe one episode at a time. Watch Battlestar Galactica free on Peacock and find Second Edition 1 at secondedition1throughoutthepodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. Hello and welcome back. Welcome back. A uh, brief correction. Uh, I did notice that while the, the primary uh, filming location is listed as in Belgium, there is uh, indication that it was also filmed in oh. Ireland, so you were correct. So we were both right. I love it when we're both right. Also, a uh, fun fact, this is a 1492 uh, Pictures oh. production, which was uh, With, yeah. Chris Columbus, uh, the, the director of the first two Harry and Potter Home films. And Home Alone. And Home Alone. That's right. I always forget yeah, he did that's Home one Alone. Of the, that's like... That's like one of the ones that I always forget. I always forget one or the other. I'm always like, oh, yeah, you did Home Alone. And someone's like, a fucking Harry Potter, idiot. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Or I'm like, Harry Potter. And someone's like, Home Alone. Or you're like, oh, right. Like, I forgot he has a very good career in kids' movies. But yeah, 1492, very uh, very mixed bag of uh, yeah. of movies that they've they've produced. So, uh, But, I mean, Jingle on, uh, jingle all the way. Uh, it's, a, it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, movie. Uh, Schwarzenegger and the oh. toy, right? I want that Turbo, need Man, Turbo Man. That's the way it's done. <laughs> so, uh, so just as a note about this too, this is uh, um, uh, based off a, a graphic novel called "I Kill Giants," uh, mm-hmm. created by um, Joe Kelly, um, and it's based on uh, the man of action graphic novel "I Kill uh, Giants," which is created by Ken Niyamura. 
uh, or no, so Ken Niamora is the one who did the graphic novel. Joe Kelly wrote the screenplay based off of the graphic novel. Sorry, I got that a little flip-flopped. Um, Get your shit together. I refuse. What's wrong Lots. with you? So What's much. wrong with you? <laughs> you won't even believe how much. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, Barbara. So now we've gotten a couple instances of we're, we're seeing Barbara in that real world setting and how she's really fantasy driven. But we, this is where uh, the the film does, and it's been doing this throughout. Is we start to get those a couple of moments where you start to kind of question whether it's real or not. Like it's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's if you like objectively think of it and like really really like think it through, you're like obviously it's all fake. This is all in her head, but. If you want to go with the flow of the movie, you're like, well, wait, because she mentioned these things called harbingers and Mm -hmm. we do actually end up seeing the harbingers and they do actually speak to her. They were really fucking cool. Those scenes are are pretty dope. Was that, it appeared though, as though they were a mixture of like Jim Henson style puppetry and CG, CGI. Yeah. Cause they were like mix of like shadow and insects and bone and like like they they look like you'd something you'd find hanging in the woods to scare people yeah no totally i mean they had like a like a like a plague doctor type like crow like type nose with like the top hat thing and i don't know they they were very cool looking but so they served as as uh a way to like antagonize her, you know, they, they're constantly like, you're too weak. You can't do this. Like, why are we relying Mm -hmm. on you? You know, we, you know, we, you know, what is, you know, what good are you? And, and, you know, you can't even, you know, kill this one giant that's been roaming around and, you know, you're terrible. Now, one of the other things I do want to point out the whole Kovaleski thing. uh, One of the things we learn is that she's been listening to this broadcast of Kovaleski's it's the world series right it is the world series the the final game of the 1996 world series that was happening on my birthday Ooh. in 1990 my, my 15th birthday oh, whoa uh it was the uh um it's john sterling's play-by-play for the 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 yankees uh, the last out of the 1996 hey. World Series. Now, what is that? So, how does it tie to Kovaleski, though? Because doesn't it? That doesn't uh, specifically. The the uh, audio that she's listening to, I think, is just. Well, let's who who was in 1996 World Series? Let's see if uh, if well, it was the Yankees was the versus the Giants. If it was the was well, it the Giants? Well, isn't that the the ending thing? Uh, the metaphor we get. No, uh, we'll come back to that in a moment. It was, oh, it was the Braves. So it has really nothing to do with uh, anything at all. I think it's just showing that like she likes baseball and maybe was meant to be, meant to imply that she's just, she listens to the old, these old baseball recordings because she has some sort of uh, deep connection to baseball. Now, we mentioned Kovaleski. Kovaleski was a pitcher. Uh, they they talk about him in the movie. Was it was he real? That's, oh, that's, that's the other a, that's thing. Important I think he now. was, but that's, I should have. I didn't have time to. Do. Yes, Harry Kovaleski. Uh, okay, so he played uh, with the the Philadelphia Phillies uh, in like the early 1900s, and uh, they specifically mentioned this one game where he was a rookie uh, and he came up against the uh, the 
New York uh, Giants right. at the time, uh, who are now the San Francisco Giants. Uh, but he was so unhittable that they referred to him as the Giant Killer. Mm. And so, like, we start to get these these little uh, tins, tidbits, these little hints of like, oh, she she names her her weapon. She she refers to it as as her weapon. Uh, she names it Kovaleski, and she says, you know, every great weapon needs to have a name. And we hear that this thing, this this bit about Kovaleski being the giant killer. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense why she would name it Kovaleski because she kills giants. Uh, we also get one recording where it's uh, her mother and herself like reading this story about Kovaleski, and that's that's where we get that bit of exposition about who he was. Um, but that also, without explicitly telling us anything about the parent-child relationship tells us everything we need to know about why she kills giants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean that like those little tidbits and like those recordings serve as such a like really, really cool way. Like when you really start like breaking it down, like especially at the end of the movie, you're like, Oh mm -hmm. fuck. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it just, it hit. I, I a hundred percent admit to you. I fucking cried at the end of this movie. Like, I was it's, sobbing. I, uh, fuck. So <laughs> we're going to get to it. So everything starts escalating because Barbara is, is because now she has both Sophia and Mrs. Molay really drilling into her personal life and really, really starting to tear apart her fantasy about, uh, about killing mm -hmm. giants. And, you know, we've got Taylor, the bully, who is also kind of feeding into it and, like, tricks Sophia into showing her where her hideout is and she trashes her hideout. And it's just everything is building up and we can see that, you know, she's getting in trouble in school. She's skipping school. The the giant, mm -hmm. you know, the fantasy part of it, the giant is starting to escalate. The giant's coming. It's attacking. She needs to save this town. Um, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And at one moment, she even, like, really at the height of this, Barbara actually goes to Mrs. Malay's house and she's like, Hey, and she was like, you know, Mrs. Malay is like, how do you know? And she was like, it's, you know, it's 2015. Everyone knows where everyone lives. And uh, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. And she's like, I'm not well. I need help. And she just says it straight up. Like something is wrong with me. I need help. And, you know, of course, Mrs. Malay is like, there's nothing wrong with you. And, you know, just as she's you know, getting in there. And uh, the unfortunate part about this is that uh, Mrs. Malay's husband is played by um, uh, by Noel Clark, uh, who was Mickey in Doctor Who. Mickey, yes. But unfortunately, uh, Noel Clark uh, has pretty much been barred from acting because he is a sexual predator. So, I yeah, this did is not know that. very That's... recent uh, coming out, but he, I guess, is a pretty gross dude. So... Uh, very unfortunate um, uh, because you know, he was Mickey. He was cool. Uh, but Noel Clark is not. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, so that is, so the thing is, is like she's there and Mrs. Molay is like, okay, I'm going to help you. But Mrs., you know, Mr. Molay and their baby starts crying and it starts becoming distracting. And she's like, hey, well, I, you know, I have to take care of my baby. Do you want to come in? And, you know, Barbara, who obviously is crying out for attention, quite literally She's is just like, uh, I need more attention. Like I need more one-on-one -on -one than this. And like, you're distracting and, and the baby's distracting and this is too much. 
and I really just needed to sit down and talk with someone. And obviously you're not the person to do that. So you're all going to die. Everyone's going to die. Your dumb baby's going to die. Got to go and runs away. And dad's like, I'm sorry. What did she say? And he, Mrs. Malay is like, don't, don't worry about it. Just right. It's, it's fine. Barbara, come, Barbara, inside. come inside. We'll, we'll talk about it. He's still like, no, I kind of want to go back to that part though. <laughs> Like the, the part where you said that uh, my my baby's right. gonna die. I'm like let's 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 cover that a little bit more in depth. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I accidentally clicked clicked on a trailer. Like, oh, no, why are you doing it? my ears? <laughs> um, now there is this moment uh, right after this part where uh, Barbara's running off. Sophia is chasing after her. I dropped a thing, and uh, Barbara is like. <laughs> You know, she runs off and she sets a trap in the old train yard. And we do get a moment where we Mm -hmm. actually see a giant coming after her, attacking her. And, you know, this is that moment where you're like, oh, wait, but is it actually happening or is it, uh, is it all in her head? Um, well, yeah, and we, we see the, the giant attacking her and she narrowly escapes and she sets off this train, this trap and like electrocutes it. And, like, we see, like, the runes that she's painted and, like, tossed glitter on and whatnot. They're glowing. Like, they're magical. And, like, like oh, this is, this is I mean, the effects were very oh, cool totally. in this. Uh, very, like, smooth and, like, seamless and believable. Um, by the time uh, Sophia shows up, she doesn't see a giant dead or otherwise. She just sees a building on fire. And it's like, Which, oh. the oh. crazy part about that, or the funny part about that is, is Sophia's walking away from this burning wreck, and she was like, and you thought I was crazy. I'm like, bitch, yeah. you are crazy. You set a fucking train does, yard on fire. <laughs> it does appear even more so right. that you might be. Right. Poor Sophia's probably like, yeah, still more so. Wild. So this is where it escalates. This is this is the 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 big mm-hmm. climax of the movie uh, because we learn that a freak uh, storm, uh, hurricane, what type weather is about to hit the coast? Yeah, um, and just before this, it, it's important to note that uh, Mrs. Molay lets something slip that like is like kind of confusing if you've been following along because uh, she says, "I went to your house." Your mother wants to see you. Like your mother wants to talk to you. And Barbara's just like, I, I don't have, I don't, I don't have a mo- no with the giants. And she's like, no, honey, like you, you have to end this now. And like Barbara takes off. And so we have this this freak storm that develops. And you know, Sophia tries to come and uh, kind of talk Barbara out of doing something rash. And Barbara's like, it's too late now. Like run or hide, whatever you have to do. Like, but like I have to face this now. And get one of the fucking coolest scenes. Uh, so before this, too, we get another uh, instance of this. So Barbara actually goes missing. And uh, mm-hmm. so, at, well, this is shortly after Sophia and Taylor, or uh, Taylor and Barbara get into a fight, and Taylor just beats the shit out of, uh, out of uh, Barbara, just completely knocks her yeah. out. Sophia brings her back to her own house and brings mm-hmm. her upstairs. And, you know, Barbara wakes up and she's like, oh my God, like, we don't go upstairs. Why did you bring me upstairs? And we see Sophia and she looks into her room and she's like, and she drops a glass of water and she runs out of the house and Barbara goes to the room. We see her standing at the door and then she shuts the door and leaves. 
And uh, mm-hmm. a few minutes later, just before the storm thing happens, Sophia tracks down Barbara at a game shop, and she's you know messing around with D and D characters and stuff. Oh yeah, and she says like, "You should have told me about your." And it gets blurred by sound, but it's clear that she says, "You should have told me about your mom." Um, and this is you know, so this is where we really starting to like put it all together. The pieces are kind of falling together. That like, oh shit something's really wrong with her mom and that's uh that's what's happening and now our big giant battle scene i'm just trying to see real quick if the no it's not in the, the quote she she uses a, a phrase that has the word meme in it and i was wondering if that was possibly the origin of the the word that we all oh, know yeah and meme now, of the, the concept of meme of, of something I, I forgot what it was it's a meme of something is basically like you think something, think about someone hard enough, and they get like sent to hell. Right. Or Unfortunately, <laughs> meme of searching just meme of brings meme of yeah, the year, meme of dog doing thing. Yeah, I forgot yeah. what it was. Um. Yeah. Which, so. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyway. Anyways. Um. You know. At this point. Now she, we have our cool actual giant battle. She, she has has put it all together. Kovaleski is has come to life, and she pulls out her giant fucking thunder hammer, which was fucking so cool. dope. And I gotta say, once again, like knowing going into this that it was going to be largely allegorical, I still wanted a lot more yes. of this hammer because it's it fucking really, badass. Yeah, Kovaleski puts in work, man. Yeah, so think think Stormbreaker uh, for uh, for Thor is very very along those lines. Um, it's like it, it's kind of like Stormbreaker, but also like has the, the like very same energy or similar energy to uh, Ramona's. Yes, hammer. yeah, because she does also pull it out <laughs> of that small purse. Yep, and then like <laughs> um, very very cool. So she has it out with the giant. You know, like really, really goes to town on him, and you know he he even like picks her up and you know shakes her a bit, and it was like, you know, w- w- you think you were gonna do this? Like you can't possibly defeat me, blah blah blah. And she finally does kill the giant, um, and this is that moment where it, it's it's the allegoricalness is that like the idea of killing the giants was really her coming to grips with the fact that what we learn is spoiler. Her mom is actually very, very sick. Um, her mom is is mm-hmm. obviously sick with something terminal. Um, she basically is is bedridden upstairs, you know, hung up with all sorts of tubes and stuff. Although she looks great for someone who is on the verge of death. Um, so I mean, great, good for her. But uh, uh, and so we learned that she's basically been just flat out avoiding her mom because she couldn't come to grips with the fact that her mom was about to die, that her mom had this terrible disease, and she felt like she was the one who needed to defeat this. And she has this realization with fighting the giants of, like, I can't beat this. Like, I need to understand that this is not a giant I can kill, and I need to be okay with that. Well, and it's great because, like, there's a couple of really fantastic uh quotes from from that scene uh, one where she's like i beat you it's done and he's like yeah but i didn't come for you and that's when you see like oh, no, her she face was like, I fall, be, she you're not gonna get my mom and he's like yeah but i didn't come yeah, for your mom i came for you yeah yeah uh and then like as he like drags her under the water 
and we think like uh like in, in my mind not knowing yet what what was that it, you know that it could get worse uh, i was like okay this is the moment you were talking about I'm like oh she's she's gonna drown and like they're gonna be like oh we never we never could get through to her and now she's gone and drowned in this storm and like, they know nothing about the giant and everything but like as she's under the water the the titan the type of giant that she was fighting the titan uh, says all things that live in this world die. This is why you must find joy in the living while the time is yours and not fear the end. To deny this is to deny life. Oh, great. And that's <laughs> that's the lesson she needs to learn because she's so she's trying to fight death instead of finding the joy in in you know living out living with her mom, like being with her mom in her last mm-hmm. moments. She's too busy completely avoiding her because she doesn't want to face facts. Uh uh gut wrenching uh, oh man and then of, of course she, she does immediately go right back to, to her mother's side and her mom makes a joke like i don't want to open my eyes am i dreaming <laughs> like you know my, my right. daughter's here and, and like we, we see this moment where like she's just like curls up in bed with her and she's like i'm so sorry yeah oh and and that's mm. not even the not even the worst again. of it. So <laughs> now we we get some sort of a flash forward. Obviously, this is towards the end of school year. Um, we get a flash forward, and it's um, uh, uh, Barbara and Sophia in a class. And the teacher's like, "So what did you do over summer vacation?" And Barbara's like, "You know, I you know." Or she ends up getting you know chosen. She's like, "Barbara, tell us what you know you did." And she's like, "Oh well," she's like, "It was good. I you know spent time with my mom and." You know, I really just, mm-hmm. you know, spend time with myself and I rested and it was, it was wonderful. And, um, you know, of course, Sophia jumps up, you're like, and she killed a Titan with a giant hammer, uh, on the bay. And Barbara's like, <laughs> oh, you. um, and then, uh, Mrs. Molay comes to the door, uh, and you know, they step outside and she's like, it's time. And she's like, uh, she's like, are you, are you scared? And she's like, no, I think I'm ready. And ah, uh, and then we we're at the mom's funeral, and that's that's where our movie ends. And fuck my uh emotions! Oh my god, this movie! Ugh, just bawling on the yeah. couch. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, so should you watch this movie? Yes, I absolutely think this this is a movie to watch. I think this, uh, you know, whereas we've compared it to Bridge to Terabithia, um, the movie the movie hit differently for me because of the emotional growth of the person. Bridge to Terabithia is sad mm-hmm. because they build up this kid and then she just fucking dies. Sorry if you've never seen Bridge to Terabithia or read the books, um, but it's been but out it, a long I time. I think we're so. in the clear. But like, it's sad because a kid dies. In this one, it's sad because you see a kid struggle with trauma and nobody understand what to do. And she kind of has to kill the giant herself. And it's still kind Mm -hmm. of sad because you see her and even Karen and even Dave, I'm sure, you know, maybe in a longer cut, Dave got a little more backstory of, of, you know, why, uh, how he's dealing with everything, you know, but we see all these kids, Karen, and and Barbara struggling with not knowing what to do and not understanding the feelings that they're having and and just are like Karen is like, I'm working so hard to keep everything together and like, yeah, I put her on the bus every day, but well maybe I see her off to the bus every day. Well maybe I set 
breakfast out sometimes. I don't really know. Like she's just so like she just can't she do just, it. She has that moment where like she she's trying to to just she, when Barbara goes missing and Mrs. Malone comes over to the house. She's like that that's not possible. Like I put her on the bus every day, and then like like you said, she starts walking back a step at a time, and then she's just like I. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm breaking yeah. down. And, and it's right. And we see that Karen's struggling, you know, job wise, because she mm-hmm. keeps having to leave school to deal with Barbara's, um, you know, incidents at school or leave work to deal with Barbara's incidents at work. And her boss is like, Hey, like I, I need someone reliable because they're a shitty boss. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. reliable is, yeah, you want someone reliable, but like, when your mom is dying and your little sister is having an emotional breakdown because of it, that seems excusable from work to me. I think that's where compassion comes into play. Um, yeah, it should be, you know, what do I know? Uh, but yeah, you know, and so obviously she's like on the brink of losing her job, which is clear that her job is the only thing keeping things running from a financial standpoint. Um, you know, on top mm-hmm. of the fact that she's doing all of the housework and cooking and all that sort of stuff because they're kids, the, you know. I mean, Dave, he has no fucking excuse. Dave, get off your ass and help. Barbara, she's a fucking Dave's kid, a man. She's a little kid, and she is struggling with with trauma, with the impending death of her mom, who was clearly her yeah. best friend in the world. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Is she not going to help with dinner? Probably not. Could she? Maybe, but she's fucking, she's in it right now. I do, like, there's there's just the this subtle visual transformation for Barbara from that, like, that time it jump. Is. Where, like, she's very, like, kind of, like, closed off. She's, like, her posture is very closed off, and she's wearing just kind of, like, slubby clothes and whatnot, and, like... And she like we we know like she she won't acknowledge this love of baseball and love of the Phillies that she shared with her mom, uh, and then in that final scene in the school, uh, she's got just like a completely different posture to her. She seems lighter. She's wearing her Phillies jacket and like you know she's got her hair pulled back, uh, and it's just like she she seems like she's a different person. And uh, like you know you. You infer that over the summer she really like she really like you use the term like growth like she really came to terms with things and like had this this moment of growth, uh, and it's it's really neat how they conveyed that without having to show us the entire summer. Yeah, break. which is really cool. I you know when she uses the term oh I I did some much needed rest and spent time with mm-hmm. my mother. Uh, you know I think that that alone was metaphorical. You know the resting was metaphorical for like. I probably spent a lot of time, you know, uh, talking my feelings out, maybe with Mrs. Molay, maybe with, you know, whoever of a... Maybe she stopped setting traps for giants and, like, constantly checking them and preparing. Yeah, yeah, so this movie is streaming on Hulu in America. Um, I believe it is is streaming a few other places as well, I'm sure. Um, But, uh, uh, yes, I I definitely recommend uh, watching this movie if you... Uh, are a fan of of dramas. I mean, this is this is a a kid drama movie. This is a movie about about dealing with uh, emotional trauma. This is a this is a movie about uh, overcoming your giants. Let's say, um, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh-huh. I I definitely highly recommend this movie. I I I think it's a must watch. 
Yeah. Agreed. Um, and it's funny is on IMDb, at least for me, uh, in the section where it's like more like this, we think you'd also like Colossal is one of the, uh, <laughs> it's one of the films yeah. that it suggests. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, there, there's not a lot of like similarities and overlap between the, the movies that we're watching this month, but like there is some, some similar vibes Yeah, and, uh, I'm really enjoying Yeah, that. I mean, with the exception of Higher Power, I would say that all of the movies this month have a really great indie feel to them in the sense of like they're mm -hmm. unique ideas and they are executed, again, with the exception of Higher Power, they're executed very well. Um, and they, they show a deeper I mean, story than just, you know, the plot. Well, and even with like some some literal giants like in in this movie or the you know the kaiju and colossal and whatnot, like there's a very small feel to them. Like they feel like very focused stories, small cast. Uh, you know, they're they're not these like huge epics, yeah. uh, and I think that that really helps like deliver the the message much more poignantly. Uh, I I completely agree. Yeah, I'm uh. Uh, yeah, big fan. I'm very excited for the, uh, uh, for the rest of the month. So we have, uh, the next one is she dies tomorrow. Uh, that'll be our last of the month. Um, pretty exciting. Still working on a potential special guest one, uh, for that one. So we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll obviously, you know, keep an eye on our Twitter accounts. You can see them below on YouTube, uh, and for everyone else, um, they're in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so uh, thanks a lot for watching, everyone. We super-duper appreciate it, and uh, we will see you next week. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm -hmm.